Here's what's coming up on today's show. You know, the key question that you ask your, even your current advisor, are you a fiduciary all of the time or just some of the time? And that'll let you know kind of how that relationship stands. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Back for another edition of the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself. And we're going to talk about being thankful for things because it's Thanksgiving week. Why not? We're dropping this podcast a few days before Thanksgiving. So hopefully everybody has a happy and joyous holiday. And uh, that's the conversation this week. Mike, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. And welcome to the holiday season, Mark. That's right. Exactly. So uh, I don't know about you, but I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. So... Um, my wife's as well. Oh, this is our first year actually without the kid. Uh, she was able to sneak home last year, but she is on deployment uh, with the Navy. So there will definitely be no no kid this year for Thanksgiving. So I'm not sure how my wife feels about it yet. Yeah. And on our side, it's sweet potato, pecan pies. You know, it's that's what we do. All my family's from Northern Alabama. So, you know, there's a, everything that we, you know, eat and dine and partake yeah. in on that. Nothing mm-hmm. healthy, but it is delicious. That's right. You know, and I'm a Southerner as well. And so thank you for saying pecan. You know, even though everybody, uh, uh, people argue it's pecan. No, it's pecan. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of how you say it, we hope everybody has a great holiday and enjoy uh, the Thanksgiving season. And, you know, what are you thank- You know, what are you thankful for? Well, in, in some ways, maybe uh, are you thankful for the financial advice that you are getting? If you're not, well, maybe it's time to explore why, right? If you're not feeling, if you kind of reflect on that a little bit and go, hmm, I don't feel very thankful. Well, that that might be an indicator that something's not going the way you'd like it to. So let's evaluate the relationship with your financial advisor and advice givers and just kind of see if you do have some reasons to be thankful for the information that you're getting. So let's start, Mike, with, uh, you know, advisor promising that uh, comprehensive plan, uh, the solutions, you know, just kind of everything you need. It just kind of takes the worry off your plate. That, that sounds like a pretty good reason to be thankful. No, absolutely. I can't tell you how, how countless times many people have said, you know what? Hey, no, I get comprehensive financial planning, uh, you know, because it sounds great because everybody wants something comprehensive, right? Sure. It includes everything. But what we find out is most people don't get that. What most people get is an investment plan. You know, they got a junk drawer of stocks and bonds and stuff like that. And, but really no comprehensive plan. When we talk about a comprehensive plan, we call ours the retirement success blueprint. We're talking about a plan that says, and it's written, here's where my retirement income's coming from, independent of what the market's doing. Here's how I'm mitigating risk. I'm only taking the amount of risk that I need to, to achieve what my goals are. How do we mitigate taxes? How do we reduce taxes legally so that you over a lifetime can potentially pay hundreds of thousands of dollars less in unnecessary taxes. If you had a long-term care healthcare event, how would you pay for it? And do you have the right estate plan in place? That is a comprehensive plan. And if you don't have that and it needs to be written out and comprehensive and adjusted each year, then you really don't have a plan. You just have an investment plan not a comprehensive plan. Yeah. And I'm going to have a comprehensive Thanksgiving dinner. So you're right. It does sound like a, a good term, right? Uh, and yes, yeah, so if you have that and, and you have those worries off your plate, that's a great reason to be thankful. Uh, maybe another one is because you're getting the clarity that you need. You know, many times retirees, Mike, when they get close to retirement, the big struggle is 
how do I, you know, how do I make this stuff happen? Like, how do I, the transition from no longer working in, you know, or working into no longer working is difficult for a lot of people, right? And then you add the worry of, are the checks going to still be coming on a regular basis? You know, that kind of thing. And so the expectation level, if they're being met and everything's kind of checking off those boxes the way you want them, that's a heck of a good reason to be thankful. No, absolutely. is because in, in retirement, income's the outcome. Right. So if, you know, and the 2022 is a, a really good kind of, you know, checkpoint is when you look at it and say, okay, I get the markets are down, I get things that are in flux and that. But because I have a plan, because my income is still the same, not from a paycheck, but from your portfolio, now all of a sudden, you know what? You do have a plan. You do have a good advisor that you should be thankful for. But if you're on the flip side of it, where you're saying, I have no idea what's going on. You know, my, my broker's hiding behind his phone and under the desk because, you know, I, they, they don't talk because they're worried that my accounts are down. Year, and, I, yeah. and I just want confidence, you know, and, and what's going on out there. You know, it's a little bit of handholding. A lot of people aren't getting that. You know, so if you are getting that, great for you. That's good because, honestly, that's the minority from what I hear. So yeah. what to be thankful for is if you're getting that. If you're not, then that's when it's time to maybe, you know, kind of, you know, look for other guidance. Absolutely. Uh, what about being thankful for the fiduciary that your advisor is? And uh, and this is going to really, I think, probably play into you know, kind of that same idea, I suppose, of the speciality of any kind of like a doctor or something like that. You could work with someone who's suitable, and, and I'll have you kind of just really quickly tell us what those are. But if you're working with a fiduciary, those are some good reasons to be thankful. Yeah, a lot of clients aren't aware of kind of the two different classifications when it comes to advisors. So one is the suitability. Suitability is kind of where commission brokers fall for the most part. And there's nothing wrong with that, just the business model. It's it's how the industry originally was in the 70s and 80s and even going through the 90s, which is, you know, when they offer something to you, it doesn't have to be the best available. They don't have to really do a whole lot of due diligence. It just has to be suitable for you. So suitable means, hey, you know what? It kind of makes sense for your situation. It may not have the lowest fees. It may not, you know, pay me. It may pay me more and less for you, you know, and that's going to impact your overall return, but it's still suitable, right? From a risk standpoint. So as soon as you sign that paper, hey, the broker's off the hook. That's the suitability standard. Now, the fiduciary standard says, I have a legal obligation to you to act without conflict of interest act in your best interest, disclose how I get paid and why, and then say that I've done the due diligence to say that if I recommend something to you, it's because in my heart and professionally, I think it's the best thing for you. That's the fiduciary standard. Unfortunately, most people think they're getting the fiduciary standard, but a lot of times what happens is their advisor, their broker is either acting in a suitability capacity or they're not a fiduciary all of the time. You know, sometimes they're wearing the commission hat and sometimes they're wearing the fiduciary hat. Mm. You know, so, so you know, the key question that you ask your, even your current advisor, are you a fiduciary all of the time or just some of the time? And that'll let you know kind of how that relationship stands. So if yeah. it's a fiduciary all the time, be thankful for that. There you go. Great, great point there as well. Yeah, that's interesting thinking about that. This is like, well, I'll take this hat off right now. I'll put this hat on. So, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, the, this one's an interesting one. Like, you know, people, how do you measure trustworthiness, right? And so people say, well, okay, you know, I'm pretty thankful that that my advisor is is trustworthy. And I get that some people feel like, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting word to, to try to find along the way. But maybe it's something, you know, just kind of maybe back to, back to the fiduciary one where they just have some things they have to meet from a, um, I don't know, regulatory standpoint. Uh, but also, I think, 
our gut goes a long way with that. I think when you start to build a relationship, you start to realize whether or not someone, uh, you know, truly is kind of a good person overall, has that kind of trustworthy component. There's always going to be folks that pull the wool over our eyes. But I think for the most part, our, our gut goes a long way. Yeah, a majority of the people in the financial, I'll just speak to the financial services industry, a majority of the people are just good hearted servant kind of people, you know, that they want to do the right thing, independent of how their compensation model is and all that. Uh, But the thing on the trustworthy side, you know, it's subjective in a sense that, you know, how do you measure that? And, And I think how you measure that from a relationship perspective is when you sit across, and this is where that gut that you're talking about comes in, when you sit across or next to your advisor, does he or her actually listen to you? Or are they just kind of talking at you about what they want to talk about? So do you feel heard? You know, do they say back to you in your own words exactly how you feel? And then also act accordingly, not try to talk you out of those kind of things. And where I see that a lot actually has to do with the spouse. And it could be the husband, or but it tends to be usually the wife. You know, we'll come, we'll, they'll come in as, as couples and, you know, maybe the husband will do most of the talking in some of these relationships. And then I will turn around and probably spend half my time actually talking to the wife. What are her concerns? You know, what would she like to get out of this meeting today? Because I know in their relationship, you know, and I'm just giving, sometimes it's the wife as well, but in their relationship, one person tends to, you know, kind of manage the money a little bit more. Somebody tends to make more of the financial decisions and the other other spouse has, you know, some other uh, obligations and things, you know, so it's a good equal balance. But what happens is a lot of times, if you don't engage the other spouse, you're missing something that's important to them that maybe the other spouse doesn't even see, you know? And one of the beautiful things about that is, I can't tell you how many times it's a huge compliment where the other spouse turns around to me, you know, the, the one, the non-dominant spouse in this, spouse in this case, the one's been talking to us and say, you know what, we've, we've been working with our advisor for 10 years and they've never asked me what I thought about something, or they've never asked my opinion hmm. on how I feel about something. You know, they've always just gone to, Hey, who's the talker? Who do I think is the decision maker? When in reality, what happens is, you know, if they're prospective clients and we meet the first time I engage in both, I know who the decision maker is. They're going to be holding hands, walking back to the parking lot. And the wife is going to look over to the husband and say, you know what? He actually heard me. He actually talked to me. You know, something that they haven't received in most of their financial relationships. So I think that's critically important. That goes a long way for the gut. That goes a long way for the trustworthy side. Because at some point, the way life happens is one of those spouses isn't going to be around. Yeah. Right? That's just the way life happens. So we need to make sure that any plan we put together is addressing both of the spouses. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we're talking about the, you know, being thankful for things. So let's talk about communication uh, and accessibility. You know, look, you're running a business, Mike. You know, you've got a boutique firm. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Some people go to firms with, you know, really big firms. Accessibility is important to folks, but let's be honest. I mean, you know, you still have a business to run, and and it's not always easy to just get right back to somebody. And I think that's one reason why advisors do a lot of different ways of communication. So are you, you know, thankful what you're receiving, which is, are you getting kind of regular newsletters or, you know, the podcast even, right? It's another way of information uh, and kind of just touching base on some different things. But that aside being very generic, are you getting that the access to your advisor that you're hoping for? And that kind of comes in with the expectations. Are you seeing them once a year or twice a year? What did you guys set up? Uh, and if you do have a problem, can you reach out to them and get a you know fairly timely response? If so, that's pretty good. No, yeah. If, yeah, if, you, if you get regular communication from your current advisor, 
That's beautiful. And I'm not talking about canned, you know, canned from the headquarters kind of communication. I'm talking about something that actually matters to you. Mm -hmm. What's going on locally? What's going on with your portfolio? What's going on in the economy? And more importantly, how does it impact you and your financial goals and things? You know, and on our side, you know, unfortunately in the industry, it doesn't happen, right? People barely hear from their advisor. Clients think that if I only hear from them once, twice a year, I guess that's the expectation, but you should expect more than that. I know, and you alluded to it. So we do this podcast every two weeks. You know who listens to this podcast? A lot of our clients listen to this podcast because it is a way to communicate with them about important things that have transpired over the last few weeks. We've written two books. Not for me. I don't care to be a bestseller. You know what it is? It talks about our planning process. It shows clients kind of what the expectation is when they become a client, but also after they're a client. We do a radio show on a weekly basis where we'll, you know, in an hour long format, we'll cover things. Typically after big Fed meetings or big market moves or big economic events, I'll shoot out a video via email to all of our clients and some of our prospective clients, just giving a quick update that's going to be happening between here. We send out a custom monthly newsletter that talks specifically about how their portfolios were impacted throughout the course of the year. So that, so, or the course of that last month. So the key thing is, I don't think that you can ever over communicate with your clients when you're dealing with their life savings. And this is so critical because it is easy to be a financial advisor in a bull market, right? Everybody loves you. They're patting you on the back saying thanks. And we're not doing nothing, right? The markets are taking care of all that. Where we earn our keep, where we get it is don't pay for product, pay for the advice. So our clients pay for not making mistakes in markets like 2022, you know, not selling, going to cash and then missing a potential recovery or messing up their overall financial goals. Where an advisor earns their keep is in markets like we're going through in 2022. Are they holding your hand? Are they making adjustments so that you stay on track for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish? If they are, be thankful for that. If they are not, you may have outgrown your advisor. There you go. Well, there's lots of reasons to consider there to be thankful for your the advice you may be getting, because I assure you that your advisor is thankful for you. It's a two-way street, right? So, uh, you know, you, you guys, uh, you wouldn't have a practice, Mike, if it wasn't for your clients. So, you know, it goes both ways, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when on page one of the uh, investment advisory agreement, you know, there's a, a paragraph called non-exclusivity. And the way I explain that to them is I've got more than one client. So yep. that works out. We're thankful for it. There you go. Well, let's finish off with an email question this week from Dana in the Schaumburg area. She says, uh, my husband and I are getting divorced and deciding how to split up the assets. Mike, he'll owe me about 200000 which I could take from the 401k, uh, his 401k, or just take that amount from uh, cash in our money market. Uh, how do I decide something like that? Yeah, Dana, this is a great question. And unfortunately, a lot of the attorneys don't really care. And what I mean, this is, yeah, they care about you and legally, and they want to make sure everything gets split evenly and things, but they don't care about taxes. They don't care about investments. It's not their gig, right? So a lot of times we will counsel clients that are going through divorces, either our own or referred in from our clients and that, you know, from friends, family, people that they care about. And Dana, what's important here is, you know, if you get an opportunity to select understand the tax implications of that. Because what the attorneys are going to do is like, oh, we're going to do a QDRO, which is a qualified domestic you know, uh, retirement order, which splits up IRAs and 401ks. Okay, if it's $200,000 401k, you get half, you get half. Oh, you got a house, great, we'll sell it. You get half, you get half. I mean, you know, hey, it seems fair. 
But if you have the opportunity to actually select which assets you get, it can have a huge tax impact on you. So let me give you that example. You could take the 200000 from the 401k. True. But that 401k is all pre-tax money. So he, so he will more than likely be happy to give you the 200000 Why? Because now you owe income tax, either now or in the future, on the 200000 If you get that 200000 from the money market, that's after-tax money. That's actually $200,000 because it's after-tax money. You know, then there's things like Roth IRAs and, you know, there's other other kind of things, real estate. So, you know, the key thing is you need to approach this and how you split up assets, you know, because what happens is you're both looking out for your both, you know, best interest, hopefully for both, but at least, you know, your own best interest. So then understand the tax implications associated with the divorce as well and the splitting of assets. And if you need help with that, by all means, we got a tax practice in-house. We'd love to help you with that too, Dana. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and submitting that. If you'd like to submit a question of your own and you'd like to get some answers and get onto the calendar and all that good stuff, find all the information you need at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. As Mike said earlier in the podcast, many of our listeners are existing clients, and we thank you so much for that. Uh, but also, you know, there's uh, for those folks who do need some help that are checking out this podcast, however you've come across it, that's where you can go to get some questions asked and answered, get some time on the calendar, all that good stuff. CrystalLakeTax.com. And to wrap this up this week, Mike, since it is Thanksgiving again, uh, a favorite uh, Thanksgiving food? Is there one that uh, you love more than anything else? Sweet potatoes. And uh-huh. then you know, with half of it with the pecans, you know, baked on the other half with the, the marshmallows and that. And okay. then even though it's supposed to be a vegetable, I think, I, it always becomes my dessert. So, oh yeah, yeah at that uh, point, yeah, it is a vegetable. I'm pretty sure we could be wrong about that. If we're wrong, let us know. But uh, yeah, I think by the time it gets all you know candied, yammed up, or whatever, it's no longer yeah. it's no longer good for you. But it sure is good. This uh, is true. There you go. And of course, it's football time for those folks who enjoy that as well. So you know, that's another Thanksgiving tradition for those of us who enjoy football. Uh, three games, I believe, is uh, typically on the docket nowadays. So enjoy that as well. Have a great holiday season. We'll be back with more of the Retirement Success Blueprint in December with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. We'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.